Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Hello and welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producer Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. And I realized that rappers and musical artists, they needed help transitioning to acting. My clients consist of musical artists from Buster Rhymes to Eve, Missy Elliott, Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club, and Vanessa Simmons, to name a few. I also coach sports stars and host as well. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. Meditation of the day. Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. Michael Jordan. The entertainment business tends to glamorize people and create them into stars. What we fail to remember is that you cannot do this all on your own. At some point in your life, someone, whether it was an acting teacher or a parent taking you to a Broadway show, helped you along the way. As you grow in this business, you should never forget the people who helped you and continue to help you achieve your success. When you are shooting a scene, it is the makeup artist that creates that flawless look and the costume designer that finds those stunning clothes. It is a team effort, but somewhere along the line, we forget 
and think we did it ourselves. Begin now to make a conscious effort to be a team player and know that when you win, we win. I appreciate my teammates as I progress in this business and remember to let them know. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Welcome to the Spirited Active Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I am doing backflips right now for our next guest. You guys, you are in for a treat. I have a very, very soft spot in my heart for Laz Alonzo because Laz is a true visionary and we're going to talk about that. But I want you guys to put your hands together for one of my favorite hands-down actors in the industry, Laz Alonzo. Hey. What's up, Tracy? Laz, welcome to the show. Thank Uh, you for having me. This is Thank this you. is like full circle, a homecoming of sorts. So many levels, man. I was preparing earlier with Ayana and we had like all of our Laz Alonzo stories, but I want to let our audience know that when I met Laz, he wasn't an actor. So Laz, you can tell them about your journey. I always wanted to get into the business. My whole purpose for going to New York was to eventually 
meet people like Tracy and start taking classes and start doing theater and transition into right. the business. But, you know, I came from a Afro Latino household where it was ran by seven very strong women that collectively put their money to send me to school. And now that I had this business degree from Howard University, uh, to try to tell them that I was going to not pursue business and go after acting was not the smartest thing. No. So uh, <laughs> I actually utilized uh, that degree. Um, I got uh, a job on Wall Street. Yes. And I used that to bring me to New York, you know, because at the mm -hmm. time, all the people that I looked up to started in New York. They started their career in New York doing theater. Okay. And then, uh, and once I was in New York and I was on Wall Street, I said, okay, now I'm here. Now I can pursue my career. And when I was working 90 hours a week, I realized ain't nowhere in the world I'm ever going to be an actor working these hours. Right. And, uh, and I eventually quit. And it was tough. It was rough. Like back when we met, you know, yeah. I was, you know, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, as you know. Yes. But your class, and I'm not saying this because it's you or because you're here, because as you know, I've sent hundreds of people to your class yes, and you to your directing. Yes, you did. You know, because so your class changed my view of what this business is, can be, and how to manifest it beyond just acting classes. You know, mm. most acting classes were just, you know, do that over again, try to do this, try to do that. But in your class, it took more of an internal approach. You know, mm -hmm. and I found that that's really what acting is, is finding finding the character from within, going inside. Right. And then channeling it outward as opposed mm -hmm. to, you know, OK, I'm supposed to be angry right now. You know, it's going inside and finding, you know, that what brings that organic and that that real emotion out, you know, and and that's what I loved about your class. It, it ended too soon. It was like when your class ended, it was like a heartbreak in a sense. Yeah. You know, it was like, wait, I'm not ready to fly yet. Like, you know. <laughs> no, and I'm pushing you like, go. Yeah, well, I want to be in the nest of, you no. know, a few more months. But, but you know, you get, you get us in. It's like a, it's like a, 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 a boot camp of sorts. And then you put us out there and I, and I was shocked at how ready I was. Oh, you were you ready. Know. You came in ready. Laz, you came into the class ready. I know Will Smith says, you know, if you stay ready, it, you know, you never have to be ready or whatever, right. however he says, I'm paraphrasing it, but you were ready. You were very open to learning. You did your homework. I definitely remember that. And I talk about you in our class to this day about having a monologue, always having a monologue in your back pocket. And I remember when you went out to LA and you said you were auditioning for managers and they were like, do you have anything else? and you remember to have your monologue in your back pocket, halfway before you got through the monologue, they had a contract in front of you. So that's another great gem that you gave us because he actually, we had a good meeting. We had a great meeting. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the meeting, he said, okay, well, you don't have tape. Because at the time, I didn't even have right. you know, a reel to show right. him. So he said, you know, you seem like a nice guy, but I got nothing to judge you on. He said, if you ever have a show or a play that you're doing in New York, invite me out. And if I'm uh -huh. in, if I happen to be in New York, I'll come out or I'll send one of my managers in New York to go see 
if you, you know, if you have what it takes. Right. And I sat there and I thought to myself, I didn't fly all the way out to L.A. to walk away with a we'll see. Right. I flew out to L.A. to meet this person and to leave with a manager. And so I said, well, can I, can I do anything for you right now? Can I perform? Can And he said, what do you mean? Can you perform? I said, well, can I at least do a monologue before I leave? He said, what? I said, yeah, I, I came I came three thousand miles to sign with you. I didn't right. come 3,000 miles to just sit down and have a 20-minute conversation. He said, you mean to tell me you're ready right now to do a monologue in my office? I said, yes, sir. He said, hold on a second. So he got on the speaker, and he called all the managers and all the assistants from his company into his office. Okay. And there were about maybe, I would say, 12 to 15 people now in his office. But I'd already done this monologue with you in your yeah. office, in your right. class. Right. So I, I was unfazed by the people. Mm -hmm. And then I started to do the monologue and I was looking at him when I started to do the monologue and he stopped me. He said, don't look at me. He said, do the monologue at the wall behind me. So he threw a wrench. Right. You know? Yeah. But it was cool though. So I looked past his ass. And the wall <laughs> became the character. And I did the monologue. And as you said, by the time I finished the monologue, the whole room was dead quiet. They weren't ready for that. Excellent. And he was shocked that I came ready with a monologue already prepared and memorized. And, and you know, it, it was like, like, like my weapon. Like mm -hmm. anytime I can drop, my, drop in the character, go into that monologue and knock it out. And as you said, he printed out a, a contract and he said, here you go. Take a look at that. And if it works, get back to me. And I left his office with a contract in hand. You have great stories, Les. Another story. And when I talked about you being a visionary, one of the exercises in our class was to create this map of life. And it really is like a visual board, they call it now. And, you know, you can color whatever. Well, Laz came in to this day. Nobody has ever done it. He came in with a map of life game board. Brilliant. <laughs> I'll never forget my life. It was like, we were like, can we play? It was really like the map of life. And it was his life. The thing that I remember, Laz, you guys had a homework assignment of there were three directors, writers, and actors you wanted to work with and why. You wrote three directors. By the time, I think maybe it was, I don't know how many years in, but you had moved to LA, you had worked with all three of those directors that you said you wanted to work with. James Cameron, I remember, Spike Lee. I don't remember the other one, but I know that Ayana reminded me that, again, you know, your manifestation of your dream before you. Mm. That's yeah, why I, I, I remember the map of life. I love that exercise. It was such, and I felt that exercise. Like I literally felt it. it. It was so therapeutic to be able to, you know, creatively map out your dreams. Yeah, I had never done that before. I'd never done an exercise like that before. And I was shocked at how powerful it was. Yeah. You know, and as you said, it was the vision board before vision boards became hot. You know, now everybody talks about vision boards. Right. But this was like a vision board, like 5.0, because not only do you do you dream it when you're doing that exercise, but you actually create it by taking what's up here mm -hmm. and putting it on paper and 
coloring and cutting and pasting and and doing all this stuff in a very subconscious way, you're already manifesting. You know, you're just manifesting it onto the paper, but getting it out of here and materializing. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I've been during this quarantine, I have been cleaning out my house and the garage is something that, you know, for the last, I've been living in this home now for nine years and the garage is something that I still had boxes in my garage from Brooklyn that I hadn't unpacked. I've been in LA now since 2001. One, I was going to say, yeah. I have boxes from Brooklyn that I hadn't unpacked. Wow. And can you believe I found my spirited actor workbook? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in the. I'm. I. 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 I just like held it and I looked at it. And this was be. This was before you hit me up about this Zoom. What? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So that's... I'm. A, I'm gonna snap some pictures of it and I'm gonna send it to you. Okay, that's a confirmation. That yeah. is. I was still casting when I was teaching the class with you, and I just remember that it wasn't about if you were ever gonna get a role. It was when you were going to get a role. We knew you were going to work, but we just didn't know when. When I say we, I speak of my assistant at the time. And so now some of my favorite films, they star you. And that blows me away. You casted me in my first commercial. Do you remember that? Okay. I want to say, because I know, was this when you were at BET? Before BET. Oh, God. Okay. This was a Pontiac Sunbird commercial. Uniworld. Yup. Pontiac that, Sunbird. Yep. Christopher Erskine was, was the director. The director. Yep. And oh. he and I are still friends on Facebook to this day. That and is- I remember it was a it was a Pontiac Sunbird commercial. And I was playing pool and I, you know, hit the eight ball in all cool. And then the license tag on the Sunbird said, ate him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But that was my first commercial ever in life. You cast wow. me in. I yep. remember I remember casting you in the commercial and I didn't remember which one, but I, I was at Uniworld at the time. And again, I, I didn't think that you weren't going to j- work. It was just and then once, you know, that momentum happened, then it was like Laz is gonna be gone. There's no way you're gonna be in New York. You set a fire in me, Tracy. You you literally like that class lit. It was like this, this, all these logs were ready to be lit, but I had no, nothing to ignite it. I didn't know how to ignite it. I, I, it was there waiting. And I remember going to your class, it just set me off. Like after your class, so many things happened because that commercial led me to my commercial agent. And when I got that commercial agent, you know, I mean, they put me out there, you know, it was Don yeah. Buckwall. Yeah. And they had me, I mean, I was booking commercials left and right, which eventually led me to the what, uh, the Budweiser What's Up commercial. Right, right. You Charles know, Stone. 100% Charles Stone. You know, and, and the, that, that really helped me because when you book, it creates a confidence and an energy. Mm-hmm. It's no similar than in sports. You know, when you score, you want the ball again. You know, mm-hmm. you don't run from the ball because you're afraid you might not score. You're like, no, I just scored. I want to score again. Mm-hmm. And and that momentum just kept growing and growing. But I think that it's important to always, you know, look back and and and, and think, okay, what gave me that that confidence? What gave me that 
that thing that I needed in order to go into a business, you know, that really is very uncertain, but I didn't acknowledge that. Like, that's what I loved about your class is that I did not acknowledge how uncertain uh, this business was because I, I left with a hundred percent confidence. Oh, I can do this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. You know, and, and being able and booking that, those commercials, you know, it puts you in a financial position where, you know, you're, oh, you're not thinking, you know, that, that I need this job. No, you're like, no, I want this job. Not right. I need it. Right. You know, and there's a different, there's a different place that you approach material from a place of certainty and, and security. Mm-hmm. than you're in a place of, I, I, I need this right now, or I might, you know, I might not survive. <laughs> I'm really grateful for the acknowledgement because, you know, um, like you, uh, Leon and Jalissa and now Marlon, all Spirit Actor alumni, you know, to know that this has been a journey and, and the classes were a part of that. I just, I'm so grateful. And the fact that, you know, we're still in touch with each other. That is just the coolest. Absolutely. What? 100%. 100%. No, I consider you a dear friend. We actually were real friends. Like, it's yeah, not a we game. Are. Yeah, yeah. We, we were neighbors when we were in yep. Brooklyn. You yep. lived around the corner from me, but we were like real genuine friends. Yep. And you know, real friends never, we may lose touch, but we never lose that love and that connection. Yeah. You know, and, yep. and appreciation and respect. And there's so much that goes along with it. But like you said, it is a journey. It isn't yes. always easy. It does become hard. It's difficult. You go through ups, you go through downs, you go through dry spells where you can't buy a job wow. and you go through moments where you have to turn down work because you physically can't do it all, you know? And 2020 is interesting because 2020 for me was a year where it was still, it's a, it's a rebuilding year for me, you know, right. um, 20, I would say 2018, 19 and 20, it was a, an upswing, like, you know, uh-huh. where, uh, I did network TV for a while. Yes. And then I said, you know what? I want to once again reignite that challenge in me. I want to go back to doing film. I want to do films that matter to me. I want to mm. do films that I'm proud of. Mm. You know, I want to, and I was seeing so much great work being done. Yeah. Like, I mean, so many great filmmakers now that have come up while I was doing network television and I just right. wasn't available doing 22 episodes a year, nine months out of the year. You're making money, but you're not making but, art. You're just not available. Right. Can you explain, Laz, to some of the listeners the difference? Because you are talking when you say you're, you're, you're not making art, you're, you're working. Because television and film, there's, they're two different genres. They're, they are two different genres, but now because of streaming and Netflix and Amazon, They've kind of melded the genre a little bit. So you can do powerful film right. on, t- on television now. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. with miniseries. You know, when yeah. they see it, to me, could have never been done in the movies. On the, yeah. And had the same effect. I mean, that was a four-hour film that allowed us to consume it in bits. And you bits, needed those yeah. bits just to say For a breath. Yes. 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 This did not go out and beat somebody's ass. Yeah, (laughs) you know, so so there is amazing work being done on television right now. But network television, you know, they have procedural shows and they have episodic shows. 
Okay. You know, so I was on an, on a procedural show, a show that every week you have a new case to solve or a new right. patient to, you know, save. It's your shows that have a beginning, middle and end every episode. Uh-huh. And the characters' lives are kind of B storylines, but the A storyline is really just that episode, what's happening that episode. Right. And in that episode, you know, you have to wrap things up very clean and very neatly every episode. Uh-huh. There, there are actors who have made an amazing living, you know, doing network right. television ep- uh, procedurals. And they've, they've done very, very well for themselves. I was ready to do well for myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was ready to make a little money. And, you know, I have been doing well and making art when it comes to film, but the money is just, you can't compare it, you know, no. the consistency and, and all that stuff. So I said, I'm going yeah. I'm to do some television, you know? Yeah. And when I was there, nothing against the work, but for me personally, it was sucking out of me something that I've always private prioritized, you right. know, in this business. And that's the art. Right. That's loving what I'm doing. That's loving the character that I'm playing. That's loving the story that I'm telling, feeling mm-hmm. like it means something, mm. you know, and I was not feeling that in the work that I was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I lacked that besides what was going on in my bank account, as far as the passion for getting a new script and opening it up and seeing what happens. It was almost like, okay, you know, who do I chase? this week and not catch and right. you know who do I and what was the name of that show Laz I don't feel like saying it uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I wanted to ask you because I was going to say it but no don't know. say it I, you know why I'm not going to say it I'm, I'm going to tell you why I don't want to say it Tracy okay. because I respect any person in this business regardless of the genre that they're in and yeah. you know it's like I chose to do that show I, cho- I chose to audition for that. I, I didn't have to. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Nobody held a gun up to my head. Right. So I don't want to ever feel like I'm talking down because it gave me great opportunities. It allowed Absolutely. me to do things for my family that to this day I, I, I would not have been able to do. And, you know, it still helped me out. Yeah. In many yeah. other ways besides feeding me creatively. Right. You know, so I, I can't I, I can't talk bad. Or, or down talk any opportunity that I've had because at the end of the day, it, it kept me working, it kept me employed, it kept mm-hmm. the bill paid, and it, it allowed me to at least be comfortable in other areas. You know what I mean? I mean, and you have, I always suggest to my listeners to imdb.com, all of our guests, you have a plethora of work that we could talk about from Jump in the Broom to Alvatar, let's talk about that because that's like Matrix, monumental, you know, um, never been done before. How was that experience working with James Cameron? So that's an experience very similar to the monologue experience. So I had gone to Russia to do this film with great director named Roland Joffe, mm. who the producers on that film weren't necessarily so great. They flew me out to Russia. I was supposed to be there for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being out there for three months. Wow. Yeah. And let's just say it was interesting people that were okay. behind the project to the point where you just going to sit here for three months. You're going to take that per diem and you ain't going to make no noise about it because you start hearing stories of other people 
who've worked for them in the past and made noise and what happened to them. Right. Okay. And I'm in Russia. I can't call yes. my boys <laughs> yes. yeah, and be like, yo. Brooklyn's not coming. <laughs> they ain't coming. Ain't nobody coming to Russia. No. So I was there for three months. And so I took that opportunity and I said, all right, well, I'm here. Let me at least be able to maneuver my way around the city. And so I started learning Russian. Wow. And I figured, yeah, so I, I, I got some very like, it wasn't conversational, but it was enough to survive. You know, I could eat, I could find the bathroom, I could buy it at the grocery store, I could ask for time, weather, directions, stuff like that. That's impressive. And when I got this Avatar audition, also at the time I was studying Korean martial arts. You know, and in Korean martial arts, you have to learn the names of all the, the forms, the moves in Korean. You also have to learn how to count in Korean. There's a whole bunch of different what? takedowns and throws and kicks and everything has a Korean name. And when they yell it out in Korean, you got to be able to know how to do it. Wow. So I had a working knowledge of very elementary Korean and Russian along with my Spanish, you know? And so when I went into the Avatar audition, they didn't give out the signs. Mm -hmm. You had to go in that day. They allowed you to come in earlier, as earlier as you wanted mm -hmm. and leave your identification with the front desk and yeah. sign a contract to get the signs. Yep. And you didn't get your driver's license back until you turned those sides back in. Yep. So and I they were probably the watermarked too. Watermarked, all of it. Mm -hmm. So I got the sides and I'm in there and I'm studying and I'm studying and I'm studying and I'm loving the material. Loving the material. Mm. You know, because I've always wanted to play like a, a Shaka Zulu or a Braveheart or a gladiator, you know, a warrior that's fighting for his people and liberation <laughs> against an oppressor and, and invaders and we can beat them with our spears, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, this is, this is me. Like, this is what I've, been, what I've been wanting to play my whole life. And when I walked in the audition, the casting director said, one caveat. She said, are you ready? I said, yes. She said, there's one thing. You can't do the lines as scripted. She said, speak another language. I don't care what it is. She said, you can make it up, wow. said, you can say your ABCs, you can count. She said, but I want to feel each one of the lines and what's happening mm -hmm. in the script based on this thing that you're going to talk. She said, you can, you can give a, a, a Dr. Seuss nursery rhyme if you want. Wow. I want to feel it. And I said, oh, okay, cool. You know, again, I like challenges like that. You yeah. Know? And so I basically just took the Korean that I knew, the Russian that I knew, and the Spanish that I knew, and I made a big arroz con pollo of the whole damn thing, and <laughs> I dropped it on her head. <laughs> now, this was in June when I auditioned for Avatar. I right. didn't hear a word until November. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't hear a peep mm -hmm. from them until... So as far as I was concerned... Yeah, you thought... Yeah, they moved on. It's all yeah. good. Like for me, I just had, I had a great audition and I had a great time in the audition. Right. And I enjoyed being able to audition for something that big, you know, for mm -hmm. me, it was like my Star Wars. And so November, my agent calls me and he tells me, Hey man, he's like, we heard from James Cameron and Avatar and you're one of three choices that he has for this role. 
Uh-huh. That was in November. I was excited. I was energized. Still didn't have the script. Uh-huh. They still weren't sending out the sides. Uh-uh. You know, again, the same policy. You come in early, you look at the sides, and then you perform. Yeah. So I went in there. It was supposed to be maximum one hour meeting with him. It was going to be a meeting and a screen test where uh-huh. he actually was manning the camera. He was he was filming it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And at their offices, they have a black box theater. Oh, that's fierce. That's fierce. So when I oh. went in there... <laughs> And I saw that the audition was going to be in a black box theater. Theater? I said, oh, this is mine. Yeah. Because all the work that I've done in New York was in black box theaters preparing me for this moment. There was nothing else. I felt no more at home than on stage in a theater. Wow. And so, uh, you know, we had had an hour sit down, he and I. Like the whole audition was supposed to be an hour. We talked for an hour. We didn't even begin the audition to hour number two. Oh my God. That's we just excellent. Had such, we had such a great, you know, conversation and we got along and we were joking and we there were so many things that we had in common. And then he said, Are you ready to work? I said, Yeah, all right, let's do it. And I had the same two sides mm-hmm. that I did for the audition. So I did those two sides. You know, and he was head over heels over it. He asked me about the language, like, what is this? What are you saying? Where did you get this from? And I told him, you know, about the, you know, the mobster producers in Russia and about, you know, my upbringing, you know, learning two languages and, you know, the Korean martial arts. And then come to find out he's a martial artist. And then we started talking about that. But then he said, would you mind doing more scenes? Mm -hmm. And so we went for another hour and a half. So like and four hours almost? Three, we, we did about three hours, you know, total. And then by the end, we had done pretty much every scene my character has in. Mm. He, he kept asking the casting director to go back out and print more scenes. And then he'd come back and he'd be like, you mind doing two more scenes? I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. He'd give me wow. the scene. I'd look at the scenes. Boom. And I'm ready. And then I'm, I'm improvising some more Korean, Russian, Great. Spanish crap. Wow. You know? And by the end of it, he said, look, man, he said, I have a very good feeling about this. He said, I'd like for you to go upstairs to my office and ask them to print you out a copy of the script. He said, here's my number. He said, after you read the script, call me. (laughs) Yeah. He said, call me and tell me if this is something you would like to be in. I'm okay. Like, I'm like, bro, keep your number. Yes, you know, but but you know, I played it cool. You know, I played it cool. You know, I yes, like, yes. like I was going to consider the opportunity. Like, yeah, I'll take a look. Sure, yeah, I can't wait to read it, man. It, it, it looks good. <laughs> and sure enough, man, like you know, I I got the script, you know, and I drove home like twenty five miles an hour because I didn't want nothing to happen to the script. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I probably had a seatbelt around that script in the passenger seat. Like I, I felt like I, I believe was driving, it. I felt like I was driving one of those armored trucks, you know, that move yes. money around the city. No, yes, yeah. Like I would be at a light, and I'd be like looking like if I go get jacked for the script. You know, that's how I felt. No, and, listen, um, I understand. I understand. I was I was coaching someone last summer on the Matrix and Catwoman. 
NDA, mm. all of that had to sign. And I had the sides and I just held it so close, like terrified. They would blow away. It's like the watermark, right. my name on it. They're going to know it's me. They're going to know it's me. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that, that's that was, a yeah, great story. And yesterday in our brief conversation, you had some really profound things to say and they need to hear the truth. And that's why I have friends like you on the show, because I know you're going to be brutally honest and just let them know what is it that they need to do? What's something that you feel is something they can walk away with and just hold on to like you hold on to your, your nuggets. There's so much, you know, I mean, there's so much to say and so little time, but I would say that everything in life informs your acting, you know, everything, you know, as I said about the avatar story, I just learned Russian because I was stuck and stranded in Russia for three months. Right. But it actually, now I see the reason why I was stuck in Russia for three months was so that when I went into that audition, I'd be able to blow them away with the language because that character, you know, had to learn to speak a completely different language. Mm-hmm. So he needed not just somebody that can act, but somebody that can act in a different language, but you still feel it, you know, because right. it was subtitled when, I, when we spoke in our language. Right. Everything in life is leading you to a destination. Don't discount it. Don't question it. There's going to be ebbs and flows. Don't question the ebbs. Just like you don't take the flows too seriously. Like when when times are great, don't let that define you. Right. Because if you let the good times define you, then when times are bad, they're also going to define you. Mm. So I actually have learned how to celebrate my victories because for a long time, I would not celebrate victories because Mm -hmm. I did not want to make myself think that working was a victory. I wanted to convince myself that working is part of my normal existence. Like Mm -hmm. I booked this job because that's what I am here to do. I would not suggest that, you know, because I also robbed myself of some very well-deserved moments of joy in my life where I should have celebrated some victories. It is it is an honor to work with Spike Lee, but I, I wouldn't allow myself to celebrate that because I felt like if I celebrate this, then what I'm saying is, is that I accomplished something that I wasn't supposed to accomplish. I'm mm. supposed to accomplish this. Absolutely. I am good enough. Yeah. You know, so I would say, don't let your victories define you. Don't let your failures define you. It is all part of the natural cycle of life. Your victories are strengthening you and preparing you for what's coming, but so are your failures. Absolutely. So are the rough times. When you make money, don't spend it all. Save, save, save. Because when those ebbs do come and you're not making money, you don't have to do something that compromises your personal and artistic integrity. Amen. Everybody always say, oh, you work so much, you work so much. Yeah, but you you know what? I know a lot of actors that work a lot and when work is lacking, they're struggling and they're calling around asking for money. And, you know, I got a son and I got it. And it's like, Oh, bro, you work more than me, you know, and everybody has their cross to bear. But if you can save as much as you can, because when the work slows, you don't want to be in a position where you have to take something that you don't truly believe in. Absolutely. You know, we're not entitled to work. We're not entitled to to jobs. We're not entitled to anything in this business. We're not entitled to people liking us. We're not entitled to get this role because I was the better actor. 
there were a lot of roles, as I told Tracy, there were a lot of roles that I knew in my heart I was a better actor. But there were probably about five or six actors, and I'm not going to say their names, but my career really didn't start taking off until they got on TV shows. Right. Because when they got on TV shows, it now opened up the field. The top five names that they would always go to now were unavailable. So now they had to look for the next five guys. That's right. You know, and I was ready and I was lined up. You got to be and patient. thank God you were one of those. Yeah, <laughs> you, thank God. You, you know, you were but, one but of you, those five. Yeah, but you have to be patient and you have to be ready so that when they do call, boom, you're ready to answer. Well, I just have to say those are wise words of wisdom, wise words of wisdom from my dear friend, my favorite actor, hey. Laz Alonzo. Thank Laz, you so thank much, you so much for being on the show. And I am going to extend another invitation because we only spoke about a couple of your films. There are so many films and so many questions. I know that our listeners want to know and I want to ask. So I am going to do that. But I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and sprinkle dust. For coming Thank on you. The show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. And next we'll have on the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore, class in session. Welcome back to the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore. And we are blessed to have Laz Alonzo still with us for my favorite segment, class in session. So we have our Spirit Actor alumni, Leanne Amato, <laughs> and Miss Jalisa Capri, H-U. You know. You know. <laughs> and Marlon Fernandez. All right. So you guys, this is how it goes. So Jalisa is going to read the slug line, the action, and then Leanne and Marlon are going to read the scene. And then right after, whatever you want to give them, it's all on you, lads. Okay. Yep. So you guys ready? Yep. Okay. And action. Interior, Hector's bedroom, night. Hector paces back and forth in front of the bed. Alessandro, please, man. Just, just give me a minute to think. She shrugs it off. I am a... <laughs> you know what? What is your problem, Hector? You didn't have a problem before? Alessandra, Jesus Christ, you please. Just a minute, I say. It isn't right. It isn't right, you know? Like, I just can't do it. Are you kidding me? A man with morals, mira este. You know what? What the hell is your problem, Hector? Just a minute ago, you were telling me I was your little sweet cinnamon swirl judo honey bun pastelito. Y ahora, ¿qué pasó? Hmm? Nah, baby girl. You still my little cinnamon swirl honey bun churrito pastelito. I just feel terrible doing this to Tito, man. You know, I'm his older brother. He looks up to me. Hi, Hector. And please, Papi, what is it that you think you're doing that is so bad? She takes a minute, then gives him the look. No, Alessandro, don't even, don't even look at me like that. 
Hi, Hector, please just help me. It'll be quick, Papi. We'll do it one time, and if it doesn't work, we'll stop. One time. Promise. That's it. That's it, mi amor. Just one time. He hesitates, but finally gives in for her. Fine. Hi, perfecto. Okay, ven aquí. She places the phone up to Hector's face. Approved. Phone locked. Now, what was that you promised me? My little sweet burrito? Hi, please, Hector, leave me alone. Just give me a minute. She walks off with her face glued to Tito's phone. And scene. <laughs> did you write this, Leanne? I did. Laz, Leanne writes a lot of, well, I would say most of our scenes now. So, so Laz, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, I mean, I think that you both did a great, great job, especially under the circumstances. It's tough to break the, this fourth wall. And in this format of Zoom, you're not just looking at your other performer. You're also looking at me. You're looking at Trace. You're looking at everybody else. And it can be distracting. And I felt like you both held your composure, were, were focused, were concentrated on what was going on. I like Liam's timing. You know, you took your time. I, I like that you, you took that moment to, like, allow. But sometimes the pauses are funny as hell. Like, that. It's not what you're doing, it's what you're not doing that makes the shit funny. Like, you changed it. So like in, in the second take, when Marlon came back, there was one line where you like gave an extra pregnant pause that gave us, the audience, a moment to laugh even more. Like, <laughs> what's she about to say next? Right. You know, timing is, is, especially with comedy, timing yeah. is so important, you know? And with Marlon, you know, in this case, who was playing the straight man, in this scene, it was good because you could relate to, you know, his frustration. Sometimes force the other actor to work a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to give in, make her work for it. You know, like, just kind of like how Leanne used timing and pauses. Throw a pause in there, too, just to really make her sweat a little bit. Because, again, in this format, it's hard because the person who's talking is the only person you see. But because acting is a team sport, the person who's reacting to you has a chance to do funny shit. You know, so I get cast a lot as straight men, Marlon. And I get cast opposite, you know, funny, funny people, whether that be men or women. And, oh. you know, even in my show, The Boys right now, my character is always flustered. He's always trying to keep these people sane. And the more sane I am, the more insane it allows them to become. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you can just pause and just look at a motherfucker like, like, <laughs> is she serious? It gives her a chance in her quiet reactions to do some funny shit. And at the end of the day, you know, you're both getting the laugh. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. You know, our business is sharing the ball, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes you can make a scene even better when you share that moment where it's really your line but by taking a moment to just like you know just take your time with it it allows other shit to happen yeah and you both get and, and you're both going to score you know you're both going to get the point because as long as people laugh you got the point exactly. so i would say the scene was great you both did great 
and just because I feel like I have to give some some type of constructive <laughs> criticism, I would say try doing it different ways, playing with the timing mm -hmm. and playing with pauses, finding where where is the right place to put that pause that's gonna get you that that audience laugh. Great stuff. Yeah. Yay. Applause. Thank you very much. Well, I just want to thank you once again, Laz, for sharing your wisdom, your pearls, your journey, your truth, and your voice. Thank and you. I know that all of these Spirit Act alumni, including our listeners, have benefited off of this amazing interview. So thank you so much for your time, man. Thank you. Have a great day, you guys. I'm sending love for... to L.A. Same here. Sending love and safety to New York. Please stay safe. So we will be back with Give Love on the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Course. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. And now it's time for Give Love. When my son Miles got hit by a car, it took a village to pray over him, to support him through his recovery. And one of the things that I remember the most, I have a friend who actually was on this show. His name is John Laster, and he's a comedian. 
And John was one of the first people to show up at the hospital for me. It was like midnight when we were at the hospital and John was coming home from Philadelphia from a show. And so when I called him, he said, I'm coming straight to the hospital. John came to the hospital, but not only did he come to support me, he came with food. And the way that John laid it out, it was like craft service. And I still remember how challenging it was to be happy or laugh during that time. But when John came and he took the time to organize the snacks, and then another friend of mine came and bought dinner, someone else bought water, people had prayer books, and another friend of mine gave me a necklace. It takes a village. It takes a village. When you realize the people that you have in your life that are there to support you throughout anything, and they're there unconditionally, that is your wealth. Your wealth is in the love and the support that people give you during that time in need. So actors on your journey, if your parents support you, if your significant other supports you, that's all you need. Within your village, you have the support. Within your village, you have the love. Within your village, you have the capacity to make your dreams come true. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited Podcast. Thank you. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.